0: Ladies, what would make your lives easier? How about a supplement that contains science-backed herbal extracts that help support hormonal health, especially in women who suffer from PMS and sometimes i be suffering. You need to try Astro Control by Happy Mammoth. It helps ease PMS. The ingredients help support the liver. That's where our hormones get processed, especially estrogen. So when the estrogen isn't processed well in our liver, women may start having PMS, spots on the skins, they get cravings, and feel all over the place. It's science, girlies. I love that it helps my body detox, and it helps me stay energized. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com with promo code POPTALKS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use promo code POPTOX for 15% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet andy finally becomes captain and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen will she succeed get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues watch the station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time 10 9 central on abc and stream on hulu welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, breaking down the latest in reality TV and pop culture. So happy you are here. You have no idea. It truly means the world to me. Whether you follow along on Instagram or TikTok, especially if you're a Patreon member, all of the support means the world. Um, You know, This week has been kind of slow when it comes to pop culture news. There are still some big moments that we're going to get into here in a little bit, but I personally think that I have the biggest news of the week and it's a personal update and I've been sitting on it. I've been saving it. If you're a Patreon member, you already know um, because obviously you get the tea first, but I have a major announcement to make. And that is that David and I have an interview date for him at the US embassy. Yay. And if you're like, Morgan, I don't know what that means. That's the very last step. That he has to take before he can come live in America and marry me. Oh, hallelujah. Can you sing it with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Cause y'all have been on the ride with me for the past 16 months. Let me just set the scene for you about how this all came to be. And then I'll tell you uh, when the interview is. So I I mean, it's just a hurry up and wait game. This whole interview process and the top of the show rant is going to be a little longer today. I'm just forewarning you. But anyway, so, you know, we went through this really long 13 month stretch, not hearing anything. And then our paperwork gets approved and then things start to move faster. You know, it's at the National Visa Center and then it was in transit. And the other day I checked my um, case tracker and it said ready, which means it's ready for you to uh, book your interview. But then of course we didn't have our DS 160 out, which is like a 14 page thing. And it's like, oh, my lawyers were supposed to do it, but they were late. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But I have been really um strong and patient, honestly, throughout this whole entire thing. I don't know if it's because I am strong and patient, or if I'm just really great at suppressing my emotions. It's one of the two. Not entirely sure which one it is, but last week I had a moment. I had a breakdown, you guys, like hysterics. It was bad. And I don't want to say that David got mad at me because he didn't get mad at me, but I-, I lashed out at him because he was the closest thing that I could lash out at. So this is what happened. So we. In order to um, get this final interview, he also has to have a medical exam, right? So that's standard. But anyways, David was talking to one of his friends who just went through this process, and she is now here in the United States, and she is now married to her husband. And they were probably about six weeks in front of us. So she tells us. Um, kind of something that threw a wrench in the whole system. And the whole time I'm thinking, we're getting close, we're getting close, we're getting close. And then she tells him something about um, the medical exam taking six to eight weeks longer than what we thought it was going to be. So essentially, before you go to this medical exam, if you have any um, past medication history you have to disclose that, which I mean, is fine. It's totally fine. There was a point in time and hopefully he's okay with me sharing this, but he's pretty open about, uh, you know, what he's been through. Uh, he was on antidepressants for a while. He's been off of them for like two years. Uh, he was seeing a therapist. His therapist said he could go off him. His doctor said he can go off him and he's been, you know, really good for the past two years. So they had to have, before you have that medical exam, you have to have like a written letter from your doctor saying that, you know, you are off this medication, that you're allowed to be off this medication, that it was approved by a doctor. And she was saying that that took six to eight weeks. And we had no idea about it until last Thursday. So David is telling me this, you know, this whole entire time I'm thinking in my head, I'm going to be married by October. You know, he's going to be here in six weeks. And then he says, oh, well, she told me it took six to eight weeks for her to get that letter back from her doctor. And I was in the Chipotle drive-thru line because I ordered ahead because I'm smart. And we were on FaceTime and he was like, yeah, six to eight weeks. And I I literally, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I just hung up the phone on him. I started sobbing in my car. I just lost. I broke down. I was like, I can't handle this anymore. I can't handle the This will take a week. This will take a month. This will take six weeks. This will, I mean, it's a lot, you guys, to have to deal with that for 16 months. And like I said, it wasn't David's fault. He texted me, he's like, Morgan, that's not helpful. And I was like, I know, but I'm not being rational right now. So, long story short, thankfully, um, David didn't have to go to like a, a private doctor. Cause you know, healthcare is a totally different beast in the UK. It's better, but it's just a different way of doing things. Um, but you know, he saw a nurse practitioner, he saw his therapist, they were able to write the letter. So we're all good. So we're back on track. My mini meltdown was pretty much for nothing. I felt really guilty. I apologize to David a lot. Like, do you still love me? And he was like, yes, obviously. So that's why I know he's a real one. So, anyways, dates medical exam will be September 6th. Final interview at the US Embassy in London, September 21st. Do you remember the 21st night of September? I will for the rest of my life. Baby, that song's going to have a whole new meaning to me after this year so keep your fingers crossed say your t's and p's that we have no more hiccups that we have no more issues because it should be smooth sailing from here and literally david told me he's like morgan like as soon as i get to the states we are getting married like first weekend that i'm there so your girl could be a wife in like six weeks time that is crazy crazy so anyways there you go that's my big life update Let's get into the stuff that you're really here for. Uh, Honorable mention, did you know that Kim and Croy are getting divorced again? I refuse. I absolutely refuse. We're not talking about it. We're not going into it. I'm off the Kim and Croy coaster. Y'all know I already was at my wits end and I'm not doing it. So anyways, first headline in this week's pop three. Let's talk about the rumors that the Real Housewives of Atlanta is getting a complete reboot. Rony style. So, Bravo is apparently thinking about a reboot of Atlanta for its 16th season. Uh, Some reports have suggested that the whole cast would be replaced. Uh, Sources for page six say nothing official has been decided yet, but that the network is listening to fan feedback. Fan feedback for this season has not been great. Uh, I'll get into that in a second. But um, the show has reportedly been speaking with different women in Atlanta for the last two months about coming on the show as well as working with cast members uh, to respond, like I said, to that fan feedback. The news of the reboot and new additions to the cast may be surprising, but it, according to Page Six, isn't surprising to anyone in Atlanta, uh, calling it the worst kept secret in town the reunion is only going to be two parts long. Kenya has been on, um, Carlos King's podcast recently talking about how they've been cutting all of her scenes, removing footage of like a salon event that she did and her daughter Brooklyn's birthday party. And so she's like, are they icing me out? Uh, you know, candy who is the longest, running current housewife of the franchise. She's also the highest paid. So eliminating their salaries would free up a lot of money for a new cast. Um, According to a report from Love B. Scott, which a lot of this information came from uh, B. Scott, Kenya and Candy are reportedly making around $100,000 for each episode. That's the same amount of money that the Roni cast is being paid for their full season. Okay. So put that into perspective. When you're paying two people $100,000 for one episode and you have a total flop of a season, you're going to be rethinking that budget, right? Our girl, Sam, Bravo historian, you know, we love her. She made a good point. She said, if you have the likes of Kenya Moore and Sheree Whitfield and Candy Burris on a show and you can't make it good. That might be a production issue because these girls are stars. I know that people love to hate Kenya. I personally love her because, you know, I love a a villain. I stan a villain. We need our villains. We need to respect our villains because they bring stuff to the show. But like you have Sheree, you have Candy. These are like reality TV giants. Although I will say, in my personal opinion, I think Candy has gotten less interesting over the years um, because her storylines are always the same. It's always about her starting a new business or doing a new project, which she's like a boss. She should be doing those things. But after a while, you're like, okay, I get it. You open new restaurants, you write scripts, you know, like we need something more. So I don't know. I will say that I stopped watching Atlanta this season, which is a crying shame because. Historically, Atlanta is one of the best Housewives franchises. I mean, they have some iconic seasons. They have iconic moments, iconic characters. And it takes a lot for me, once I'm invested in a franchise, to stop watching. In fact... Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. The only other time recently that I've done it was, um, last season, the real housewives of orange County. And you know, that was a complete and total bust. So I don't know. It's hard to tell what they'll do with Atlanta because, you know, you could go one of two routes, a Roni rebuilt, s- totally scrapping the whole thing and starting over, which we're going to talk about Roni a little bit later. Cause I honestly don't know if it's working that well, but also you could go the real housewives of orange County route where, you know, they, they got rid of some people. They added some people they brought back in Taylor to make it a little bit more interesting. Um, I love my girls. I love Kenya. I love Sheree. I love candy. So I'm really hoping not for a full reboot. Um, but like I said, I don't think I have the right to complain if they do reboot it because I stopped watching, you know? So it's like, they have a point. Okay. Headline number two in this week's pop three. Erica Jane is in another lawsuit this time by a Hollywood designer. His name is Chris Salia. I think P S A I L A. I don't know how to, I don't know how to say that. Do you P S A I L A. We're going to go with Salia has filed a lawsuit against real housewives of Beverly Hill star, Erica Jane two secret service agents and American express. Like if you end the sentence there, it sounds crazy. Sounds doodle time. You're going to sue two Secret Service agents, American Express and Erica Jane, for colluding against you, which is kind of what they're saying. But in his lawsuit, he claims that the group worked together to ruin his life and his career. So he alleges that Erica Jane, who was an authorized user on her estranged husband, Tom Girardi's America Express co- account falsely accused him of racking up around $800,000 in fraudulent charges. Uh, the couple apparently got secret service to investigate him and charge him for the alleged fraudulent charges. Okay. So, so, Celia says the charges aren't fake at all, and they are for work that he actually did for Tom Girardi. He's seeking at least $18.2 million in damages for emotional distress and financial harm. Both American Express and Jane's attorneys have de- denied the allegations, obviously. And while that's all going on, Erica Jane is kicking off her Las Vegas resi- residency. Bet it all on blonde. I gotta say, what I pay to go to Erica Jane's Las Vegas residency. No, but she looks good and you can't deny it. You know, she's like lacing up those thigh high boots. She's wearing latex body suits and she looks phenomenal. But singing it's expensive to be met. It just doesn't hit the way it used to. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't. I think everybody knows that. Um you know, EJ, she's always been the ice queen. And in her earlier days, I actually really liked her because she was so confusing to me. And I was always just trying to figure her out. Um, Obviously, the seasons after she was going through her divorce were rough. I mean, absolutely rough. And that's when my opinion on Erica started to change. uh, Because even if she wasn't necessarily likable before, I thought she was a likable character because she did bring something different To Beverly Hills, however, after her and Tom started going through their divorce, obviously, A, what he did was terrible. We can all agree on that. And I've always said, you know, we don't know what Erica did or didn't know. We probably will never know what Erica did or didn't know. So I was withholding judgment on that aspect of things. But aside from that, she was just a jerk to everybody, to all of her friends. Obviously, your friends are going to have questions. You can answer them in a respectful way. You can put their mind at ease in a respectful way. And she was just like Scar from the Lion King, like holding Mufasa on the cliff, looking down at them with their evil eye and then just like tossing all of her friends off the cliff, watching them fall to their death for asking if she knew anything. I feel like it's... I would ask... Would I? I would probably be too afraid to ask because I don't like confrontation. But, anyways, um, that being said, not that I still like her because I don't really like her because I still feel like she hasn't been a- she hasn't redeemed herself yet for acting so mean towards everybody. And yes, I know she was under a lot of stress, but she was still a jerk. Um, so I haven't seen her redemption arc yet. But what I do like about Erica Jane currently in this moment is that she's not letting um ageism in the industry stop her you know she's in her 50s putting that latex body soon on and looking snatch and six inch heels and she's out there doing it and i can appreciate that for what's it for what it is worth okay third and final headline in this week's pop three matt james's mom is officially on the golden bachelor you guys I've never been more hyped for anything in my entire life than the golden bachelor. I have loved every single promo. I think in this new bachelor era where everybody is there, some people are there for love, love and Instagram followers, love and an influencing career. It's never just love. I feel like this is finally as close as we can get truly to the, Trista and Ryan's, you know, like the people that actually want to fall in love and actually want to get married and don't want to be an influencer because these people don't care about it. Influ- they're influencing They're 60 years old, 60, between 60 and 75 years old we got for meet the women. So honestly, I mean, they're stunning. All these women, they look better than me at age 30. They're snatched to the gods. There's a Chris Jenner lookalike Susan, who's a wedding officiant here to brag about being right about Matt James's mom, Patty, competing for Jerry's heart. Patty was included in the sneak preview of Meet the Women, which came out earlier this week, which you can never see any of their faces, but you would see them putting on pantyhose and checking their makeup compact and putting on the lipstick. And fans started to Noticed that this could be Matt James's mom. Um, she was in a strapless black dress. She's got those very prominent collarbones. Um, you could see some of her little gray hair on the sides, and then she had a pair of earrings on that Matt James's mom wore. And we didn't know for sure, but we did the side by side, and I was like, "This looks a lot like Matt James's mom, Patty." And sure enough, it is Matt James's mom patty i mean bachelor nation loves a curveball this definitely will get people talking it'll get the season a little bit more hype a lot of people were thinking that patty wouldn't do this because of matt james's experience on his season of the bachelor um They did Matt Dirty. Like we can all agree to that, right? I mean, I think he's so much more likable off camera than he was on camera. He's got such a fun-loving and infectious personality and we never saw any of that on the show. I mean, we get more of his personality on his food blogs that he does around New York City than we ever did on an episode of The Bachelor. Um, you know, they exploited his relationship with his dad for an on-camera moment, which was like, in my opinion, um, one of the most uncomfortable things to watch on The Bachelor. I feel like at that point, that's when all of our alarms started going off. Like, okay, they're really starting to go too far here. And then obviously the scandal that followed Matt's season um, with the final rose with with Rachel was really intense. Um, but, you know, now there's new people in charge. So I a, think that you could tell that there's, you know, fresh energy behind the scenes of Bachelor Nation. I could tell in charity season. I just felt like there was a different vibe. I mean, I actually enjoyed the season. First of all, it was just fresh. Everyone seemed really likable. It was still about love. There was petty drama, but it wasn't. um. I mean, it was toxic. It always is toxic, but it wasn't like super toxic, you know? Um, But anyways, we'll see how far Patty makes it on this season. So I was, you know, I've been trying to up my deodorant game lately. Of course, I want to smell fresh as a daisy, but I also want it to be good for my skin. Lumi deodorant has been that girl. First of all, it smells amazing. Secondly, it lasts a long time. It's pH optimized and it is seriously skin safe. Lumi has become my go-to. It's a whole body deodorant. You can use it anywhere. Yes, anywhere. Lumi Starter Pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes and free shipping. As a special offer for my listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi Starter Pack. With code POPTOX at LumeDeodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code POPTOX. That's L-U-M-E deodorant.com and use code POPTOX. Trying to figure out which women on The Golden Bachelor were gonna be the troublemakers. You know, like which one is out to steal your man? But honestly, as I was going through the pictures of these women, I was like, every single one of them could steal my man. They're flawless. Have you seen them? April looks like she bathes in gold and gets a diamond glow facial every day at 6 a.m. while her interns stack her jewelry on her. Edith, the luscious light blonde, almost white hair. I feel like all she would have to do is do a little like hair flip or a tussle to release pheromones into the air and attract like her next lifelong romantic partner, Faith, Looks like she just sold a $2 million mansion. Susan, the Kris Jenner lookalike. She looks like she's waiting for her trademark for Godmomager, grandmomager to go through. <laughs> Joan is over here looking like Heidi Klum's older sister. I mean, these women are stunning. They're stunning. And we can't wait to support them on their journey to find love. September 28th, 8 p.m. Primetime spot one hour episodes. Thank you, Jesus. And then Bachelor in Paradise right after, which leads us to our deep dive this week. And I'm going to be honest. I know I'm behind on the Bachelor in Paradise trailer, but like nothing was deep dive worthy this week. And the more that I got into I watched the Bachelor in Paradise trailer like 18 times and I saw more things that I was like, "Oh, oh, oh, I missed that. I missed that." So we're going to break it down moment by moment, piece by piece. I'm going to tell you my predictions, all the things. First and foremost, when I first watched the Bachelor in, Par- Bachelor in Paradise trailer, I had no idea who some of these people were. I was like looking at them like, "Who is that? And who is that?" I felt like my parents when I'm trying to explain the Vanderpump Rules drama. I'm like, "No, mom, Tom Schwartz" Knew the whole time. And she was like, Who's shorts? And I'm like, No, Mom, Tom, shorts. I'm like, You know, the D'Amelio's. She's like, What? That's what I felt like watching this Bachelor in Paradise trailer. I don't know who some of these people are, but let's go through who some of the couples that I do know. And we'll do like little predictions, thoughts. I mean, the first couple that we see grinding on each other in a little dance party is Avon and Kylie, Avon from Rachel season, which is interesting because Rachel goes down to the beach as well. And Avon came in third. So that could be a little awkward. Kylie was from Zach season. Uh, What I will say is keep an eye out on that one. I'll leave it at that Rachel and Jordan V. This was a big moment in the trailer, because if you don't remember, Jordan V was the race car driver that Rachel had her first one on one date with um, during her season. They were making out. They were hot and heavy. They were floating around in zero gravity. And then, boom, she sent him home. She got the ick. She didn't come out and say that. She's like, something just happened. You don't go from tongue down his throat one second to sending him home the next unless you got the ick from something. I don't know. Maybe it was the spacesuit. We will never know. These are questions that I need answered on the ITMs in Bachelor in Paradise. But Rachel is one of four bachelorettes that come down to the beach this upcoming season, which I'm loving this. It used to be kind of taboo, you know, where leads. Maybe would think that they're too good to go on a season of Bachelor in Paradise. Becca Kufrin kind of broke the mold, and she did so finding her lifelong partner, her fiance, the father of her child. So I feel like other bachelorettes were like, "Why should I punish myself if if they're going to ask me to go on Bachelor in Paradise and I'm down for it? I'm going to go down for it." So like I said, Rachel, um, Charity, Hannah, and Katie. Katie is the most interesting, okay? But Charity and Hannah, obviously, we know we're not there to date. As Hannah Brown just got engaged, sidebar, let's give a little round of applause. Yay. They're so cute, aren't they? Listen, this is my PSA to you because I see a lot of similarities in my dating history, like mine to Hannah Brown's. We all remember Hannah Brown got engaged to Jed that blew up. He had a girlfriend at home who Haley Stevens is now married to Hannah's brother. That's that was a deep dive at one point. You can search that episode. But, you know, she's in this new relationship with Adam Wooler. They started dating in 2021. And I feel like she went through a lot of heartache, a lot of disappointment. And when you go through those types of relationships, I feel like you do anything you can to make them work. And while yes, you should work on your relationships, what I will tell you is that it doesn't, it's not supposed to be that hard. You know what I'm saying? Like when I look back on my life, I really only had two other serious boyfriends and um, same thing. You know, I, I was always very loyal to people. I always entered into relationships, you know, not just to date for the fun of it, but to think of the longevity of the relationship. And I would see kind of red flags and there was a lot of fighting and not getting along and not agreeing on things, but thinking to myself, I love this person. So I have to, you know, fight and I have to get through all these things. And like I said, occasionally that's healthy, but when it's constant, it's not healthy. And when you get in the relationship, that's right for you. When I tell you, and I know this sounds. Crazy, you're going to think that I'm lying. David and I do not fight. We don't, we have never once raised our voice at each other, ever, ever. And I feel like I get that same energy from Hannah and Adam, where the whenever you get into the right relationship, you just know and it doesn't have to be that hard anymore. Of course, David and I like bicker like any other normal couple, we have disagreements, but. We love each other more than our disagreements. And because of that, we're able to talk about disagreements in a healthy way. So I don't I don't know who needed to hear that. I just felt like the Lord was telling me to tell somebody that today. Okay. anyways, where was I? Oh, yeah. Hannah's not dating anybody, anybody on the beach. Charity obviously is not dating anybody on the beach. Um, Rachel is Katie. This is the curveball. This, is, this might be a spoiler. So if you don't want to know why Katie's going down to the beach, come back in like a minute, okay? So obviously Katie's ex, Blake, is there. And he's dating. He's seen sitting next to Jess. Uh, while he's having this conversation, the camera pans back to Jess. So I think it's safe to assume that there's some type of romantic connection between Blake and Jess. However, Katie goes down to paradise to have this kind of closure conversation with Blake on camera. Now I don't know whether or not they've had any talks before this moment that's going to play back on TV. Um, but that's the premise of this conversation between Katie and Blake. She's only there for, I mean, I like a handful of hours and that is, Even though it's not confirmed, it is confirmed because you know Katie's on F-Boy Island right now. And if Katie was on Bachelor in Paradise to date and actually stay there and be involved in the show, her contract would not allow her to go on um, a competing reality show. But obviously, if she's just there for two hours, that contract is going to be a lot looser. She's going to be able to do more things. You want to support the pod? Support our sponsors. Today's sponsor is Factor Meals. And you can get 50% off by visiting factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use promo code poptalks50. If you have listened to the show for a while, you know that I am not a cook. So Factor's ready-to-eat meals are perfect for me and my busy lifestyle and, quite honestly, my lazy nights. There's no prep, no mess meals. They are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Can I get a hallelujah? Factor meals are pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie and more. Head to factormeals.com slash pop talks fifty and use code Pop Talks50 to get 50% off. That's code PopTalks50 at factormeals.com slash pop talks fifty to get fifty percent off. Um, I obviously have to wait until this plays out to make a real opinion on it, but my initial gut reaction is why? You don't need that. Like, we don't need this. They've been broken up forever. I would say that, and this is a total speculation, but I'm like, y'all had to have talked before this moment. So it just can't, seems kind of thirsty on, in my opinion, for Katie to come back down on bachelor in paradise. But my real honest opinion is that Katie is pretty thirsty. So it is what it is. Okay. Let's talk about the poop baby is what I have next in my notes nine days without pooping for Sam Jay, who I also did not know when I saw this trailer and poor girl is now known for having a poop baby. Um, we see Aaron S who was on this past season of the bachelorette saying it's going to be our poop baby. I mean, again, find you a real one. Somebody who wants to help you deliver your poop baby on national television. True love. Honestly, I'm not mad about Sam Jay, She's being open and vulnerable about her struggles. This is what falling in love on TV looks like you got to talk about how you're in Mexico. you're not on your normal sleep schedule. you're not on your normal eating schedule, and sometimes you get constipated on national television as someone who struggles with things of that nature, you know, just like every other female I know Sam, we're here to support encourage you can do it. You can deliver that poop baby on national television. It's going to be rough. Trust and believe been there, done that. Thankfully, I've never had to do it on live television. So anyways, best of luck to Sam J and her poop baby. Eliza, she was the it girl last year on the beach. And it seems like she's going to be the it girl again on the beach in another love triangle. Last year, it was with Rodney and Justin. This year, based on the trailer, it looks like it's going to be Aaron B and John. Um, Aaron B is a little bit more uh, forward with her. We just see John and Eliza kiss, but we see Aaron say, I'm falling in love with you. Um, I feel like Aaron, Aaron B and Brandon give me the same energy where they just fall fast, hard. I feel like Brandon maybe he's more sincere in his feelings and Aaron B like, uh, you know, Kay kind of planted th- that seed in my mind last week where Aaron B might just be doing what he needs to do to get screen time. But who knows? Brayden is there. He's seen on dates with Rachel and Kat, which is interesting because at, after the final rows, Brayden was there. So was Rachel. And so was Kat. Everything that I've heard and even seen in this trailer, it seems like Kat and Brayden um, would be the relationship to watch, but Rachel and Braden were sitting by each other at after the final rose and cat was sitting by Brooklyn. Now producers might've done this just to throw us off or to stir up some drama because obviously like if Rachel and Braden were hot and heavy making out and he's dating cat now, that's going to cause an issue. Um, But anyways, Aaron and Peter are getting into some fights, and this actually explains the whole FP situation that we saw on the mental law. I was wondering uh, while I was watching that mental law, why are we spending so much time on Aaron S. and Peter? I have no idea who these guys are. They're fighting. They hate each other. There's this FP drama. Well, now it makes sense because they had to plant the seed. Obviously, Bachelor in Paradise was already filmed when the mental all aired. So that was their way of planting the seed that these two have beef. You need to know what the beef is about because you're going to see more of it play out on Bachelor in Paradise. Then we get to the Bachelor in Paradise truth box, which to me is the equivalent of the burn book from Mean Girls. I mean, same exact energy between the truth box and the burn book in the same way that Regina George printed out every page of the burn book and made it rain through the high school. That truth box then gets smashed on the ground because the truth will not set you free on bachelor in paradise. It more than likely is just going to hurt your feelings and cause some drama. I mean, literally the same way that all the girlies were running around screaming and crying while Regina George just stood atop the stairs you know, like the queen of the castle watching the world burn below her. Same energy in the Bachelor in Paradise trailer after the truth box gets smashed on the ground. Everybody's screaming. Everybody's crying. Everybody's running. I'm here for it. Any reference to mean girls? We're there for it. Who's going to get married? No one. Don't be stupid. It's such a ploy. After every single season at the end, they're like, who wants to get married on the beach? No one. They don't even really know each other. So I think this is going to be a gimmick. I think they're going to watch two strangers get in love on the beach. And Jesse Palmer is going to be like, this could be you if you take it seriously. But nobody is really going to get married on the beach. Okay. Last but certainly not least, I want to do a Real Housewives of New York check-in. Talked a little bit about this at the beginning of the episode um, because, you know, Atlanta might be facing the same fate. I don't know how I'm feeling about the new Roni. The first episode I thought was great. I thought it was funny. I thought it was lighthearted drama, cheese gate, catch gate, whatever it was. And I know that it takes time to feel connected to these people on these reality shows it's just A, I'm not there yet with this cast. And B, there are so many other long standing Housewives franchises that it's hard for me to want to watch Roni over like an Orange County, you know? Or if I have a busy week and I had to choose between Roni and Charity Season of The Bachelorette, like I was choosing Charity Season of The Bachelorette because I just don't feel connected to these women yet. In a shocking twist, the more the season goes on, the more I don't like Bren Whitfield, which is wild because going into it, she was at the top of my list. I really liked her, but I think she, I think she's trying really hard. Like in the scene at Aaron's, what was it? Val's renewal or something. I don't know. She's like wearing her sunglasses. She's flirting with everybody. It's kind of obnoxious in my opinion, I will say, I think she is the most vulnerable out of all of them. And I do like that side of her. Um, but obviously there's many different sides to people. Sai um, also to me, like doesn't have much of a personality besides complaining about being hungry 24 seven. Like, is that her whole entire personality is that she, she, she needs food at like every event or she doesn't like the food at every event. like, you don't like the caviar on the Pringle? Okay, move on. I don't know anything else about her. Do you know anything else about her? I don't know. Erin, I liked in the beginning. I feel like, you know, her first impression was really strong. I felt like she had longevity as a housewife. But now I also just feel like she's always in a bad mood. And I actually feel like all of them are always in a bad mood. And I'm like, are is it just the New York lifestyle that these women are always grumpy and cranky and who called them cackling old hags? I mean, I'm not going to say that because that's rude. Um, but yeah, it's just like loosen up a little bit, have a little, a little fun once in a while. Uba is my favorite because she actually does seem like she has fun. I don't know how though she's a full-time cast member. Cause I feel like we've barely seen her. She's very much giving friend of energy, which is sad because she is the comedic relief but she like hasn't been to any event or she's been sick or she's not here. She's not there. I hope she comes in stronger in the second half of the season, which we did get that little trailer. And it seems like she is, it seems like she's going to have beef with Aaron, which is like everybody at some point has had beef with Aaron. Um, so yeah, Jenna Lyons has surprised me. Um, I think she has surprised me the most going into it. I thought I was going to like her the least because you just have this mentality, you know, someone like Jenna Lyons, who was you know, head honcho at J crew, like giving Blair Waldorf's Waldorf's. I don't know why I, my brain like tweaked out a little there. Blair Waldorf's mom, or even like she's giving Bethany Frankel energy. I thought she was going to be like old Bethany, not new Bethany because she's completely off the rails. Can't even talk about her. Um, but I find her to be more of a calming energy. Uh, I, I, appreciate the fact that she's like, I'm awkward. I'm uncomfortable. I don't know how to act in a group of women. I think it's uh, refreshing and it's just different from everybody else in the group, which sets her apart. Jessel, in my opinion, is at the top of the pack. And I don't think it matters if you like Jessel or if you don't like Jessel. I feel like she gives the most to the show and she has no self-awareness, which makes for great reality TV. I mean, she... Her self awareness level is like very Ramona to me, where she just says things, things just come out of her mouth. She has no idea how they land, how they sit with people, but she also doesn't care. She's just going to say it, you know, however she wants to say it. I think she's the best thing on that show. I don't know how they're doing ratings wise. I don't think very well, but everything I see about ratings is like the night of I'm looking it up because, you know, there's like this one Instagram account that always has them. Not that I even understand what it means. I follow this Bravo ratings account and they'll like post it season high, you know, point whatever. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Okay. Yeah. So this last um, episode 0.517 million viewers, a 0.15 in the 18 to 49 demo. I don't know what that means. I don't know if a point 15 is a good thing or if it's a bad thing, but half a million viewers, you know, for a housewives franchise is pretty low. I mean, I think Atlanta was averaging in again, Atlanta in their flop era was averaging like 700,000 Vanderpump rules at its peak was like 2 million. And obviously I know people watch on streaming next day, but I don't know. We'll see how the second half of the season goes and see if it gets any better. But so far, the jury is still out on the Roni reboot. All right, you guys. Thanks again for hanging out for another episode of MPT. Don't forget Pop of Batch this Friday. You can now listen on Spotify. So if you are a Patreon member, doesn't matter what tier, if you're Pop of Batch or Extra Pop, whatever tier you're subscribed to, you can now listen on Spotify. Um, all you have to do is type in Morgan's Pop Talks dash Patreon. And like I said, Friday, we're going to do the Bachelor Brain Dump. Uh, we're going to talk about this josh cedar story he was dead now he's alive we're gonna talk about charity and Dotton's wedding plans she's going on dancing with the stars are they moving what are they doing we have all the tea so make sure you are there friday if not see on extra pop on monday or if not not i'll see you next week for another episode nobody's left me a review in like three weeks so leave me a little love you like a sis because you know i do bye A Media Production.